can I afford this mortgage, right? If nobody's renting it, if it's not rented, can you afford where you're renting or where you're currently living plus this other mortgage? Can you afford that? That's something that you absolutely have to keep in the back of your mind, right? Or worst case scenario, hey, can I pay the difference if I'm like trying to rent it out for below market value just so that I don't have to fork up the whatever the mortgage payment is? You have to take into consideration maintenance. How uh, expensive is this going to be a year? Or what is the tenant going to cover? if they're renting, right? What are you going to be responsible for? And what are they going to be responsible for? Property management, if it's in another state, you're going to need somebody to manage it, or you're going to need somebody to collect rents and deposit it into your account. So these are little things that you're going to need to take into consideration when you are looking to buy an investment property, especially if it's in another state. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist, family nurse practitioner, and chief nursing officer here at Nurse.org. Now, you know, this is the show where we talk about anything and everything nursing and healthcare related. Again, stuff about our profession and stuff that we also need to know as healthcare professionals. So I know we've been talking about a lot of pandemic things and I know we all have COVID fatigue and while those things are still important and somewhat related to today's show, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, especially since many of us healthcare professionals have been working overtime, double time, working these COVID and pandemic assignments. And, you know, we've heard through the grapevine that there have been some great incentives for us to work more considering there is a shortage of healthcare workers and the demand has been so great. So I thought we'd switch gears a little bit and invited a very special guest, Ivan Cementel. He's a mortgage loan officer with six years of experience. His passions include empowering potential home buyers to purchase their first home. And he uses social media to share unique information, tips, advice about home buying, refinancing, investing in real estate and all those things. So I know you're like, healthcare professionals, mortgage loan officer. But hey, I was just telling you, many of us are working overtime. There's all of this incentive pay. So what are we doing with that? Are you just trying to you know, buy a cute purse, go on a trip? Or should we work smarter, not harder, and allow our monies to work for us? And I think most of us would pick that, most of us, right? We'll pick the second side. But how do we invest? Where do we put that money? And so I thought it'd be great to have Ivan on the show so he can talk to us about some of the options we have about investing our money in real estate. So welcome to the show, Ivan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I am extremely excited and I'm looking forward to chatting, talking about all things uh, investing and how you guys can uh, use your money. I don't want to say wisely, but better maybe. I I think wisely is good because yeah, just how to use it better to set you up for financial freedom in the future. Exactly. I like that because Ivan, while, you know, many of us were able to work extra and there were incentives. So we saw a bump in our paychecks. We were able to, you know, get certain stipends to work extra bonuses and things like that. So we have this extra money and it feels good and it looks good sitting in our bank account and all of those things. But when I think back to what I had to do to earn that, that was a lot. And while I do like a cute purse and while I do like to vacate as well, I would like to be smarter with what I do with that money so my money can work for me, okay? So investing is a big thing. And also, you know, with real estate, we all know that 
it's you know a better investment to own your home and the money that you're paying monthly it, you're paying yourself or yeah, i know you're paying the bank but you know you get it. it's your home versus paying someone else to pay their mortgage considering that many of us are now having a little you know we have this kind of money's egg nest sitting here what would you recommend for us nurses with spending our money wisely and i like that we want to be responsible we want to yeah. be fiscally responsible yes with our, with yes our money. yes um, I would say the biggest thing is get with a professional, right? Get with somebody that you trust, somebody that either a family member has used or you've seen great reviews or you've just seen them on social media and, and you vibe with their content and what they're putting out and their genuine personality and come up with a plan, right? Hey, uh, loan officer. So loan officer and nurse. Hey, loan officer. My plan is to own five homes in the next seven years. Okay. This is how we can do it. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And this is what you need to do. This is how your finances need to look. This is how your savings need to look. This is how your employment history needs to look. Let's come up with an action plan. Even if you're not ready, let's just say you're not going to be ready for another year, right? It's better to have an action plan in place so that a year from now, when you want to get started, you're not like, oh man, I wish I would have had this plan a year ago. Right. So get with a trusted professional, come up with a plan and let him know your goals exactly. Right. Do you want to start off with a multifamily house or units um, and then move into a single family? That way you can have more doors. There's there are many options that are available for nurses or just for individuals in general that you can set yourself up for strategic and financial freedom in the future. I like that. And so nurses, it's basically, we need to create in our nursing language, a care plan. We know what we want the goals to be, but we have to do an assessment. Like, so where are we? Right? Well, I'm at the first step, so I'm going to need help. So it's like Ivan said, it's good to get with a, a professional who can kind of guide us through this process and tell us what it is we really need based on where we're at. So I know I got money in the bank. Boom. I know I have a desire to invest my money, but there's more to that, especially when we, you know, creep into finances and I'll say this, finances isn't necessarily a course in nursing. You know, we, we're taught we can really know how to care for a person, but let me go into buying a house. That is a, a challenging process. And you might say, oh, I'm ready to go look at houses, but hold on, hold on. Before we get there, before you pick the one, there's a lot on that like pre-checklist that you got to do, Ivan. And so let me get into that because with nurses, we have some nurses who are staff nurses. They work at a hospital clinic or whatever setting and they're, a, you know, they get a W-2, taxes are taken out. And so, you know, we know that we got to file our taxes and that's probably some documentation that'll be needed. But we also have some nurses who have very creative positions. They're either contract 1099 or they're travelers with these kind of unique pay structures and things like that. And let me ask, I know that I have money, but when it comes to buying a home and qualifying, I know I have money for a down and I make money, but what is it that you want to see? What does a loan officer, someone want to see when I say, hey, I would like to buy a, a, either a primary home or investment home or something like that? What do I have to do to my finances to get them in order to move forward with the, the home buying process? Yeah, that's a, what great, show? That's a great question. So what we're, gonna, huh? <laughs> what we're gonna like to see or what we want to see is consistency right yes if you are a travel nurse and I, I think travel nurses are six months here or three months here right and how, correct me if i'm wrong right um, so like 13 13 week assignments and then okay. 
they can vacate and take off four weeks in between if they want to, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. then just start their next assignment. But I like that you said you're looking for consistency. So as a travel nurse, I would need to keep that in mind. Okay, yes. so go yes. ahead. So I, I actually did, uh, we, we finance um, a home for an individual who is a travel nurse. He travels not just in the country, but all over the world, being a nurse in the Philippines. Uh, he would go to Eng- to Europe sometimes. And the thing with him is that it was very, very consistent, right? He would spend these 13 weeks off. Then he would have a like a three-week vacation where he would just hang out and do whatever he wanted to do and then get back on a job. So we had a consistent employment for over two years. So that there's no issue, right? We know that he does X amount of time here. And then after that time, he takes a couple of weeks off. So we have tax returns that we can see, okay, look, this is how much he makes. This is what we can break down. Now, if you are uh, brand new to being a travel nurse, right? Uh, keep in mind that we'll need consistency for at least a year uh, within your position, right? So you're working for your 13 weeks, take off a week or two weeks, and then get back on the job. Because now you're thinking about, okay, look, I'm going to work hard for a week, uh, a year to two years, and I'm going to be a homeowner. And then I'll, I'll have consistent income. I'll have, uh, the banks will see I'm a responsible employee where um, I'm working and now they can average out my income where it's not like, oh, you only work 13 weeks this year. And we really can't do anything on that. So it's the consistency that we are looking for. That's the most important thing. So this is important to know because sometimes we don't think about these things when we go to buy a house and we don't want to be turned down. So I have to be consistent with my work pattern. So I actually have to, get the idea that I want to buy a house and then kind of map that out before I actually start the process. Okay. What if I'm 1099? What if I'm a 1099 nurse? Same, How same, does that work? With yeah. Same process. Same thing? Uh, we want to see the consistency that you've been 1099. So <clears throat> what will happen is we'll take your, uh, your profile, your whole loan profile, and we'll submit it mm-hmm. to an, an underwriting software, right? And, and this software will kick back based off of FICO score, based off of the income, based off of savings, they'll kick back and they'll either tell us, all right, we only need a year worth of tax return for this individual. That's 1099, self-employed essentially, or we need two years. So whatever that system tells us is what we can go based off of. So if it tells us two years, we have to go two years. If it tells us one year, then hey, congratulations, you got lucky and we can go off of one year of tax returns. Yeah. Okay. So now what about those nurses who work multiple jobs? Like they don't necessarily work full time at one job, but let's say I work per diem here. I work this job twice a week. Mm -hmm. And so it looks like maybe two or three jobs to make all that income. Does that matter? I think you've heard this word a a couple of times already, uh, the consistency. (laughs) That's what it comes down to. It comes down to the consistency and the type of... Now, there are some like creative financing options, but if if we're just going to go traditional, and I kind of want to stick with traditional because creative financing is a bit more difficult, higher down payments, and we just look at other things, right? But it's going to come down, again, the consistency of the employment. If they've had two or three jobs for a year, and we can prove it on their tax returns and W-2s or or 1099s, and we're great. Like, there's no issue at all. That's good to know because, and especially during the pandemic, I I think nurses, not all, but many nurses have kind of jumped around Mm. to different places. So Where help um, is needed, right? Right, where help is needed. We had to go where help is needed. But sometimes, you know, I wonder if if I change the, even though I'm making the the money, there's Mm. changing my employer where the money's coming from also calculate on this. Like, do I need to be at a particular job for a year? Show consistency, your word, consistency (laughs) at being at one place for a certain amount of time, 
or is it you're in your same profession doing the same type of work Mm-hmm. and you, your money is consistent. Yes. So with the type of employment that we're talking about specifically for travel nurses or nurses that um, that might have two jobs or three jobs, right, within different oh, hospitals, companies. yeah, companies, mm-hmm. again, it, it comes down to how long they've been doing this for. Um, if, if they are a brand new nurse and they have two jobs, then we're going to want to see, okay, let, let's see where you're at in six months or a year. And then we'll determine, okay, we can... We can we see the consistency. Your credit profile looks good. The loan profile looks good. Then we can lend on that. But if if it's somebody that's had two to three jobs for the past three, four, or five years, then that's that's the consistency that we're looking for. And I did want to add individuals in general that are 1099. Please remember that. Say you made a hundred thousand dollars, and I know a lot of people don't like to pay taxes, right? Because they don't take out taxes, and it's all your money. The amount of money that you write off, so you made $100,000 in one year, and after taxes and all your write-offs and all this fun stuff that you want to not pay taxes on, you end up making 30000 because you don't want to pay taxes, right? So that is what we're going to be able to qualify you on, that $30,000. So keep that in mind. If you're thinking about buying a house, hey, I shouldn't write all this off because the, the amount that I qualify for is going to be a lot less. Right. So even though you you absolutely can't afford a two thousand or, or twenty five hundred dollar uh, mortgage payment, but on paper you cannot. So keep that in mind. And this is why I say speak with a professional sooner rather than later, because they'll let you know. Hey, look, this is how much money you need to make on paper for you to qualify for this house that we're talking about. Then you already have that in your mind. Okay, I need to keep that in mind. All right, great. Okay. This is all good to know, whether you're buying your first property for yourself to live in or for, um, you know, an investment property. These are, you know, just to qualify to get something. These are these are important things. And getting with that professional, they can go down the laundry list of things that you need, like obviously the income, credit score. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's some other things on that list that you need to provide certain documents. Mm -hmm. But let me ask this because we, you know, we'll commonly think of where where do I live? But let's say I already own a home. Mm but I have this extra money, then, you know, in nursing school, we don't learn much about investments unless you take like a business course, do MBA type of thing. Mm-hmm. And especially real estate, because we're not realtors, <laughs> unless, you know. So can you tell us a little bit more about why real estate investment might be a good thing for, you know, that us we nurses might want to consider? Yeah. So historically, Real estate itself, I think it, the what I was reading is like an eight or ten percent uh, return on your investment year over year, right? So it, it's sort of like the the S and P five hundred, where, consi- where uh, the historical average is, I think, nine or ten percent as well. So if if you have this this property that is worth five hundred thousand, and every year it's let, let's just say on a low end seven or eight percent, and by the time you retire, you have three or four of these, or five of these, or six of these you're going to see your investments, you know, it went from 500,000 to maybe a million or 1.5, depending on the industry that you're in, um, the market that you're in. Of course, diversification is awesome and it's great. And I highly recommend that as well. But real estate is one of the safest because people need a place to live. I was going to say, we all need a roof over our heads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've been starting to look into that area, but it sounds like, look, listen, nurses, if you could if you have the money and can invest into a rental property, you know, the equity will build. And mm-hmm. as well, you know, your loans, you're not upside down your loan. You can actually make money monthly mm-hmm. from that property as well. So right. that seems like a great thing. But 
Listen, Ivan, I live in California, Los Angeles to be specific. So that Ooh. isn't always an easy thing to do yeah. based on where I live. So it's let nice me ask. There, though. <laughs> it is nice. And then, you know, like we have a lot of listeners who are travelers. So they've been around to different states, different mm-hmm. countries. And they're like, you know what? I've traveled to Houston, Texas. You know, I don't know that I necessarily want to live there, but I might. But mm-hmm. maybe I should buy a house. And if I'm not there, I can rent it. But I don't necessarily, that's not my home base. So what are your thoughts. I mean, is it safe to buy an investment property outside of, you know, where you live? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think you need to take a look at your return on your investment, how much you're going to make. Are you going to be upside down, right? Is your mortgage payment going to be higher than what you can rent that property for? And if so, is your plan to, to stick it out and say, all right, in a year or two years, this market or this area that I'm uh, buying this investment property, my rents should double, right? Or this is an up and coming neighborhood, right? You have to take a look at the neighborhood that, that you're buying it in. Um, you have to take a look at what's around the neighborhood. Are there shopping centers? Are there, uh, is it uh, a safe area? Do they have good schools? Do people want to live here because of the schools? So there, there are a lot of things that you need to take a look at when you're buying investment properties, especially if you're going to rent them out. Now, short-term rental, of course, is a, a different uh, beast. And you also need to take a look at, okay, do people vacation here, right? For a weekend or a week. So there are a lot of different things that you need to take a look at when you're buying an investment property. But yeah, I 100% recommend buying investment properties in other states if you can't afford it and if you are going to be in the green or if you can afford being in the red for a year or two years and that's part of your investment plan. Again, speak with a professional and let them jot out numbers and guide you through the process because if you're trying to do this yourself, it's it's going to be very difficult because this is not what you do day in and day out. Like I wouldn't try to take blood out of somebody. Um, I don't do that on a daily basis. I would leave that to the professionals. So this is the same thing. Um, speak with a professional. Mm-hmm. Somebody that you trust and somebody that you know that comes recommended and that has either great reviews or you just uh, get along with them and you you trust them. Nine times out of 10, you get that feeling like, okay, I, I trust this person. This person seems like he has my best interest or she has my best interest. So listen to your intuition too. <laughs> right. And and these are all great tips, guys. Again, and a, a professional and I mean, myself as an example, I live here in Los Angeles. I would love to have investment property. But the way this city is built, the way these house homes prices are built, I, you know, un- unless I marry Daddy Warbucks, I don't think it's going to happen. So I have actually had my eye on like Atlanta mm-hmm. or like Georgia or mm-hmm. Michigan or yep. Texas. And so I'm sure Ivan will agree with this. Make sure it's an, like he said, is it a safe neighborhood? Are there schools around there? My idea was more like around the hospitals, like y'all travel nurses need somewhere to stay. Mm-hmm. So I was actually thinking like, where's the closest hospitals? And mm-hmm. so like, there's so many things that you can do with this and even, you know, Airbnb type of things with an investment property, but talk to a professional first. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't get yourself wrapped up in something. And then all of a sudden you're committed to working like five, 12 hour shifts a week because you have to pay this mortgage. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say I, I have my eye. I've looked, I kind of, I see a neighborhood that I like. I've connected with a professional. It sounds good in theory, like, oh, I'm going to buy this house and I'm going to just, I'm going to rent it to someone and it's going to make money over every month. Mm-hmm. And then over time, are there some other other things we need to keep in mind before we decide to make this decision? Like, although this, it sounds, you know, all upside and plenty to gain. What are, are there some like things that like, Hey, you really have to consider like, what if I can't rent my home out or like, what are those things that someone who is interested in investment property should consider outside of those other things you mentioned, like the neighborhood location mm-hmm. and stuff? Are there any financial things that we also need to keep in mind? Are there costs 
hidden expenses mm -hmm. yeah. other than that, that mortgage. Yeah. So you, you brought up a, um, a, a great point where uh, you said that, can I afford this mortgage, right? If nobody's renting it, if it's not rented, can you afford where you're renting or where you're currently living plus this other mortgage? Can you afford that? That's something that you absolutely have to keep in the back of your mind, right? Or worst case scenario, hey, can I pay the difference if I'm like trying to rent it out for below market value just so that I don't have to fork up whatever the mortgage payment is? Um, then you have to take a look, you have to take into consideration maintenance. How uh, expensive uh, is this going to be a year? Or what is the tenant going to cover if they're renting, right? What are you going to be responsible for and what are they going to be responsible for? Property management, if it's in another state, you're going to need somebody to manage it or you're going to need somebody to collect rents and, and deposit it into your account. So these are little things that you're going to need to take into consideration when you are looking to buy an investment property, especially um, if it's in another state. You guys heard that, right? Those Because those costs, <laughs> yeah. those things cost. Nothing's so free. You might say, <laughs> yeah, right. You might say, oh my gosh, this mortgage is like, it's only $900 a month. I got this. But then when you add on the other things, you know, that's where you really got to look at what is your net gain mm -hmm. from the property. And that's something we have to think about nurses. I know we don't always think about that. We just always think of gross, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 1099. I made a hundred thousand dollars, but <laughs> yes. cut, you know, what about this? What about that? Ooh, it's only 33,000. So keep that in mind. You mentioned earlier, and just for people who may not be familiar with the terms, I think you said multifamily home mm -hmm. versus, you know, I think we all know what a single family home is, but can you just kind of go through some of those terminology. So like if I'm considering a, an investment property, what kind of properties are those? Like yeah. it's not just a one single person, single family home. So can you just kind of go through some of the common mm -hmm. investment homes? That yeah. People buy so you have, properties? let's start off with your single family. Then you have your condominiums or condo. Uh, then you have your townhouses. Then you have your duplexes, which is a two unit property. Then you have your triplex, three unit property. And then you have your fourplex, which is a four unit property. Now, here's a housing hack for anybody who wants to in start investing and start off having three to four doors off the bat. When I say three to four doors, meaning three to four people paying you rent, right? So yeah, like yeah, like yeah there you go. This is, a, this is a housing hack that I wish I would have done. And I wish I would have listened to my mother. And I'm sorry, mom, that I didn't listen to you. Because uh, she's in the mortgage industry as well and real estate. Here it goes. So you are a first-time homebuyer and you are looking to buy a house, uh, but you're also looking to invest um, or you want to invest and you want to buy houses. The hack is buy a four-unit property. You live in one of the units for at least a year. After a year, you are able to move out of that property and buy another property. Um, now, this four-unit property, you can buy it with an FHA loan putting three and a half percent down versus the 20 to 25% down. So this saves you a lot of money. After a year that you've lived in it, now you have four people paying you rent, right? Whether it's a thousand dollars or whether it's uh, eight, whatever the, the rent is, you're for sure should be able to cover your mortgage. So this is the housing hack. And once you move out of that four unit property, you can buy another property with the same FHA loan, three and a half percent down. And make sure the property that you buy is a property that you would only want to live in for a year where it's it's not you're thinking about investment in the long term right so that now when you sell this or when you uh, move out of this house your reason for moving out is you want to upgrade 
maybe a nicer neighborhood, a bigger house, and now you have five people paying you rent. And this all can happen within a span of uh, two to two and a half years, depending on how how much you work and how much you save and how much you have for your down payment. So this is a housing hack where you can get five people that are paying you rent within two years and now you have some cash flow coming in. I love it. And listen, it's okay if you guys take my idea and run with it. I'm sure I'm not the only one, but <laughs> I have already always thought about, you know, I've been a travel nurse. So, and they give you a choice. They either put you in housing or you can get the stipend and find your place to live. And I always thought about what if I had like a nice, a couple pieces of property by a hospital that often uses travelers. It'd be constant flow. There's always going to be travelers because travelers talk mm-hmm. and then, you know, so word gets around. And so rarely would I probably ever have to worry about the property being vacant. Nurses, we know they get paid. They're tr- the most trustworthy profession out there. So, Hey, you know what? Those are probably, those are probably the, the kind of tenants you want in your home, 100%, right? Yep. You know, 100%. they're working, they make money, they're trusted, Yep. but gosh, I wish somebody would have told me that. Um, <laughs> Man, right? Okay, okay, yeah. I know I'm supposed to be interviewing and asking questions, but I totally have personalized this. Like, <laughs> I, I need to know. But this is good. So, guys, because I know I've, I've had some conversations with many of you guys about, you know, I have this COVID pandemic money. What should I do? I'm going to Bali. I'm going to go. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bali's good. But before we do that, let's be smart about our money because we don't want to spend it all. And then we're kind of back to our regular thing. And then, you know, there's all this discussion about capping travelers' pay. It's always good to make sure that you have some money readily available to you for emergency purposes and then taking some of that. And while you should enjoy it, right, treat yourself, Mm -hmm. but investing, let's be smarter about it. And I don't think that, you know, all the money talk just happens at a leadership level in the hospital. We as nurses, you know, we, we work hard, we make good money. It would be wise for us to take that money and allow it to work for us. So then you don't have to work the extra 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think this also sets people up for generational wealth. Which is something that, you know, it's kind of been a buzzword on social media, but really we need to look at that because for those of us who are parents or decide to be parents or who live and have family, we always want to leave something for those behind so they don't have to work so hard. So I think this is a great thing to do, investment property. And so, I didn't even mention like the tax benefits that you're going to receive from being oh, a homeowner. Oh, yeah. Wait, tell us, tell us that. Well, yeah. there, there are tax benefits that you get for being a homeowner, right? You get a write-off, an actual write-off, not like, oh man, I need to write this all off. You get uh, the interest that you pay, that's a write-off. So now you're you're getting these tax breaks because you are an investor or you are a homeowner. So you're set, like you said, you're setting yourself up for um, generational wealth, right? Where now you have these, and we're, we're not even talking about the equity that you're going to gain in these properties. So say you're right out of college and or 20, what? How old are you when you graduate nursing school? 26, 27, maybe? Or? Oh, gosh. That, that Because of the different formats, it, it's changed in people's okay. second career. So, But I would say that probably the youngest high school, and you go straight to college and become a nurse, even with associate degree, I'd say you could probably be a nurse by the age of 21. Okay. 2021. Okay, 2021. Let's say by the time you're 24, you start your house hacking, right? Where you buy, and, and you grind super hard for... 10 to 15 years. And by the time you're 40 years old, you've, you have now 15 doors that can replace your nursing income. And now you can travel and go to Bali and all this stuff. And you're receiving paychecks every month. And now you're like, oh man, this sounds really nice. So things to think it about. It sounds very nice. Because especially if you've worked in the ICU and ER for those 20 something years, your, your body's going to be tired. And mm-hmm. I'm not telling people to retire <laughs> early, but- the option could be there. You may not have to like 
I got to keep working these 12 hour shifts in the ER until I'm 65. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can work a shift or two because you want to, because you've set up all these investment properties and now your money is making money hand over fist and you can go to Bali. Wherever you like. And you have equity that's been, that's been built over the last 20 years, 15 years, whatever that is. And at 8%, 7%, you buy a house for 400, 500,000. You have five, six, seven, eight of those, 10 of those. So we can do the math, but yeah, it's, it's pretty nice. All the equity that you'll have. Oh my gosh. This has been great information. Now guys, I know this was like, uh, like an overview of early steps about purchasing a home, how to get ready, things you should do and investment property. We're going to be bringing Ivan back to kind of help us because one of the things about nurses is we're really great at nursing things, but we've not always been taught or shown what to do with our money, how to be investors, how Mm. to be leaders in different and other aspects outside of nursing. And so this is why, you know, we I'm really thankful he was able to come on as a guest. And I know you guys are like, where can I follow Ivan? Where can I get more information? Where do you have a tip sheet, Ivan? Can I download it? All of those <laughs> things. So Ivan, tell the people, where can they go to connect with you and find out more information until we bring you back on the show again? Yes, yes. You guys can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's where I'm the most active at. It's Ivan Simmental. I think uh, the mortgage reports as well. You guys can find me on there. Just search Ivan Simmental and I'll pop up. Or if you just search Ivan Simmental and Google, you'll find me as well. But I, I love to connect. I love to help people all across the country. I get questions all the time from, hey, should I refinance? Or hey, how do I buy my first property? So I'm always here to help. Okay, great. I love it because... Again, this is an intro conversation, but I already know because I already have questions about like, oh, interest rates, all this stuff is smart. They're like, everyone keeps saying interest rates are going up by now. Interest rates are going up by now. But and I get it. Everything is going up. But, yes. yeah. you know, but the, again, this is why you connect with a professional like Ivan, yeah. who can walk you through this process. You know, when to strike because we want to strike when the iron's hot. And I'm going to leave our listeners with this. Time in the market always beats timing the market. So I'll break it down uh, where you just want to get in. You just want to buy and become a homeowner because, like I said, historically, 8 to 10% is what you will be gaining on on your investment or your your primary residence, right? And if you're trying to time it like, oh, there's going to be a crash or um, interest rates are going to go back down to two and a half percent. Can you imagine all everybody trying to have this crystal ball and like, oh, I know when this is going to happen. You'll, you, we never know when it, if it, the market is going to crash or if it's going to take a dip. But we do know that if it does take a dip, what's going to happen? Interest rates are going to go up. And that property that you think you're getting cheaper is actually more expensive because of the interest rate. So timing the market, no, time in the market is where it's at. So get in yeah. now, <laughs> ASAP. Okay. Well, no, that's good to know too. See, I'm learning. I'm I'm learning something even still now towards the end of the show. So Ivan, thank you so much for joining. We've definitely got to have you on so you can help guide us through all this, and hopefully you can help us discover some uh, creative programs out there for yeah. nurses and healthcare professionals because I think I think I've been seeing some of those things pop up. Yeah. So guys. Virtual clap for our guest, Ivan. He's amazing. We're going to bring him back. I'm Alice Benjamin. You know, I love doing this podcast. And again, we talk about health and wellness and things going on in medicine and COVID and things like that. But sometimes we as health professionals need to, you know, talk about the things that impact us and definitely having a roof over our head impacts Mm -hmm. us. And the fact that we've been working throughout this pandemic. And fortunately for many of us, we've been able to create somewhat of an eggs nest. Now what to do with that? 
Okay. Work smarter, not harder. And we want our money to work for us. I'd love to go to sleep, wake up and like, Oh, there's money. <laughs> there's a check. Right? There's a check. We care about people, but listen, we care about our money too, because mm-hmm. we work really hard to earn it. So thank you so much for listening. I want to invite everyone to share this with a friend, a colleague, coworker, your manager, classmate, because we really want to get this information out. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a nurse, this was a great conversation to listen to. And then please leave a review and ratings. I'd love to hear what you guys think. And if you have a topic or want to be a guest, you can email me at nursealice at nurse.org. would love to hear from you. And guys, that's our show. So until next time, please make good choices. Be kind to one another and live well, my friends. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.